Hello and welcome to the South Carolina Lead. I'm your host, Gavin Jackson, and this episode was recorded on December 6, 2021 from my home studio here in Columbia. Just so you know, some of the information in this podcast may have changed by the time you've heard it. This episode features our continued conversation on redistricting with Lynn Teague of the League of Women Voters of South Carolina, including insight on the proposed congressional map, potential legal challenges, and the future of the statehouse. We also have an update on leadership changes in the Senate, and we have a brief update on the latest Omicron research from an epidemiologist from Johns Hopkins University. So it's a bit of a shorter pod today. Lord knows we jammed a lot into our last episode, so here's a little shorty for you. Additionally, we want to hear your stories, so we set up a voicemail box to hear from y'all about your life during these pandemic days. Leave us a one, two, three minute long voicemail at 803-563-7169. Leave us your name, where you're calling from, and what's going on in your world. Like we said, it's December. It's December to remember. Let us know what you're doing to commemorate this festive time of year. Are you buying your significant other a vehicle without their knowledge? We want to know about it. 803-563-7169. Now for the latest in South Carolina. Currently, the spread of COVID-19 is widespread, ongoing, and not contained, according to data from the Department of Health and Environmental Control. There have been 14,314 total deaths, and currently there are 924,957 total cases being reported in all 46 counties as of December 6 at 4 p.m. CDC data finds that 21 counties in the state have high transmission rates. Most of those are in the upstate. Other counties are experiencing substantial or moderate transmission. Cases jumped 80% to more than 7,000 for the week ending December 4th from the prior week. Deaths totaled 23 last week. Our current percent positive rate is 4.8%. 416 South Carolinians are hospitalized, 127 are in intensive care, and 66 are in ventilators. All of those metrics are up week over week. So far, 50.5% of all eligible South Carolinians have completed vaccination. In South Carolina is the 40th in the country when it comes to its population being fully vaccinated, per the CDC. On Monday, the State House of Representatives gave full approval of their new redistricting map, while over in the Senate, the same process was starting. The Senate Judiciary Committee approved their new map that morning, and senators read it out loud for the first time in the chamber later that day. It is expected to be approved on Tuesday. Senators also witnessed a changing of the guard and power in the upper chamber. Senate President Harvey Peeler, a 73-year-old Republican from Gaffney, stepped down from the post which oversaw the daily business of the Senate after three years. This move allowed him to become the Finance Committee chairman since his long-serving predecessor, Hugh Leatherman, died last month. Senate rules prohibit a president from also chairing the powerful committee, which crafts the state budget and comes with appointments to other important boards and committees. Senator Thomas Alexander, a 65-year-old Republican who has represented District 1 of Oconee and Pickens counties since 1994, ascended to the Senate president position with unanimous support of the body. Following the remarks from several senators about the late Senator Leatherman, the reading clerk read Peeler's resignation letter, and he gave this brief speech before taking off the ceremonial purple robe. Members of the Senate, thank you for the responsibility of the purple robe. You might ask me, I'll I'll wear this purple robe like like a suit of honor, suit of armor, an honor. 
So you may ask me, well, if you enjoy wearing the robe so much, why do you want to take it off? It's my sincerely held belief that I can best serve my constituents in Senate District 14 and the people of South Carolina as chairman of the Finance Committee as opposed to president of the Senate. While serving as the first elected president for the body, is and always will be one of the great honors of my life. My work on the Finance Committee will allow me to focus on the issues most important to our state. This includes, but is not limited to, a focus on fiscal conservatism and building and maintaining a taxpayer-friendly financial system where families and businesses can locate, grow, and thrive. Brothers and sisters of the Senate, we have work to do. I will see you on the floor. Senator Alexander was the only member nominated to the position, and lawmakers from both sides of the aisle praised him in nominating speeches. After being elected and sworn in, President Alexander took to the dais and gave a speech about how he plans to lead the Senate. Here is part of those remarks. The South Carolina State Senate is an institution of rules. As your president, I will insist on adherence to the rules of the Senate. The South Carolina State Senate is an institution of decorum. As your president, I will insist upon and enforce decorum in this chamber. The South Carolina Senate is an institution of fairness and compromise. As your president, I will be fair and do my part to foster compromise. Alexander had to give up his chairmanship over the LCI committee, which then went to the next senior Republican on that committee, Senator Tom Davis of Beaufort. Following this business, the Senate moved on to discuss their new district map, and this is where we continue our conversation with Lynn Teague, who is Vice President of Issues and Action with the Nonpartisan League of Women Voters for South Carolina. In this final portion of our discussion, we look at potential congressional map changes, possible legal challenges, and what the future of the Statehouse could look like, especially since primaries will play more of a pivotal role going forward. Here's Lynn talking about just that. When I was uh, very young here in South Carolina, the Democratic primary was recognized as the only election that mattered. We're going to have to get people to understand again that they need to find out which election matters in their district and they need to get out for it. They need to stop letting a small percentage of the electorate decide what happens at the state house. Very few people are voting in the primaries. And if the primary is the last election that counts, you are just turning your fate over to often some of the most extreme people around. And we can already see that happening at the House. It's going to get worse because legislators respond to the people who elect them. And if the people who elect them are the furthest out 10 or 15 percent of the population, that's who they're responding to. So this can make for a more extreme uh, state house in the next 10 years, at least. At least. Yeah. And, And this is you know, not just our little theory here in the, the league in South Carolina. This is a recognized process, but you can see it played out here. But it's a national concern that, that if you have non-competitive elections in November, you have a push, pushing both parties, not one party, but pushing both parties to the ends of their um, extremes. 
Well, and Lynn, I know we just kind of mentioned that the Senate map is is pretty non-controversial, you know, not too much movement there. So I want to focus on the congressional map that we just saw released from the Senate's yes. redistricting ad hoc committee. Uh, yes. And the biggest issues, like we've talked about before, uh, they're taking place between Jim Clyburn's sixth congressional district and Nancy Mace's first congressional district in the Low Country. Uh, you testified before that committee this week about the league's concerns about the maps. Uh, what's the issue here? What's going on with that congressional map? Okay, well, first of all, uh, the league strongly supports keeping CD6, uh, the, the district that Clyburn now occupies, as a minority opportunity district and, and in full compliance with the Voting Rights Act. However, the league drew a map which demonstrated without question that you do not need to drive that district down into uh, including the College of Charleston. Uh, in order to achieve that, there's a much, much better way to achieve that by making CD6 a basically a Midlands and Upper Low Country district rather than extending it all the way into Charleston. Because redistricting is supposed to respect communities of interest, the League believes it's extremely important that Charleston's satellite cities and suburbs have grown so much and are continuing to grow so much that they represent a very, very important community of interest as a whole. Uh, North Charleston should not be in a separate district from Charleston. James Island, Johns Island should not be separated, cut in the middle to, to you know, one to one side, one to the other unnecessarily. Our map was able to keep all of Charleston County intact uh, and to much better represent that community of interest. And when you do that, it turns out that this is a naturally competitive district. Now, we didn't use voting data to create a competitive district. We just used what are the communities uh, what are the uh, political subdivisions? Put like with like. And when you do that in terms of that area around Charleston, you end up with a pretty balanced, diverse and, and balanced uh, district. But that apparently did not suit somebody involved in <laughs> redrawing the congressional <laughs> map. And so what they did was fragment the low country terribly and in order to produce a uh, strong majority in that district to make it non-competitive. And so, again, while we don't ask legislators to draw maps that artificially create competition in a homogenous district, we also don't want to see something that is a naturally competitive community of interest fragmented to take that competition away, to take the value of our November votes away. And that's really what's happening. I mean, when this happens and a district is artificially made non-competitive, uh, it, it's taking people's the meaning of people's votes away in November as surely as if they weren't allowed at the polling place. So, Lynn, um, you, what you're saying basically is they're shoring up the Republican strength uh, down that first congressional district and then just really making the sixth congressional district already more Democratic, essentially. So uh, with that being said, you know, we've talked about this before. Do you think that uh, a court is eventually going to have to intervene and redraw these packed districts like we've seen done in North Carolina before, which... I mean, eventually could make SCO1 more of a, a swing district? Okay, that is, um, litigation on this is a very complex issue, and the league is actually not likely to be the lead group addressing this, because the most conspicuous questions uh, uh, involve a lot of complex expertise and attorneys uh, who know the, the landscape that has been created by court decisions in the federal courts. And we know that, for instance, the NAACP Legal Defense Fund and ACLU 
are examining this to see where are the problems, what what can be done. You know, I I am not able to say what could happen with litigation on this because it really isn't it isn't the league's call in this case. <laughs> but I would say that there certainly is every reason to consider litigation, and it is being considered carefully by those who really know what they're doing with this. Yeah, and we've seen that precedent in this uh, in our district to our district court. So uh, that might be how things eventually shake out. We'll have to wait and see. But right now, I guess we're going to wait to see that congressional map move forward sometime next year. And then, like I said, the Senate will be taking up their map on Monday. Uh, so it sounds really quick that that's not really controversial and they'll, they'll kind of breeze that through. Right. I believe the Senate map will not, there may be minor adjustments, but I, I hope there won't be huge change there. You know, and it's quite possible that there'll be change in the congressional map before we see it again. Whenever we see it again, because there were clearly very unhappy people on the Senate committee with what they were looking at. Gotcha. And anything else you want to add, Lynn, about this process? No, just that, you know, it is a, a complicated process. We've been working on it for years, getting ready, and always knew it's an uphill battle to convince legislators to uh, pay more attention to the voters than to their own interests. But you know, we've seen some some really positive things, and then we've seen some extremely depressing things like this house map. So, uh, you know, we just have to take it stage by stage. But but the public should remember that there always are some ways to handle this. Worst case scenario, bad map. Um, then make sure you vote in that primary. If that's the last vote that counts, vote in the primary. Not, don't consider it a a small or trivial election. Remember that that's where the decisions are being made. So again, those House and Senate maps will soon be fully approved and sent to the governor for his signature. The congressional map will be taken up in January when lawmakers return for the session. Since our politics section ran a bit longer than usual, we nixed our business section, and now we're in the Omicron portion of the podcast. But be on the lookout because we're getting the University of South Carolina economic outlook this week, so we'll have more for you on that this Saturday. Now, the latest news on the variant is somewhat encouraging. Stat News reports that initial observations out of South Africa hospitals found most hospitalized patients who tested positive for COVID did not need supplemental oxygen. Few developed COVID pneumonia, and few required high-level care, and fewer still were admitted to intensive care. Experts caution against reading too much into these early reports, which are based on a small number of patients. They suggest it will take time for their true profile of the Omicron variant to come into focus. Johns Hopkins Dr. Jennifer Nuzzo, who's a Coronavirus Resource Center Epidemiology Lead, is also an associate professor in the Department of Epidemiology and the Department of Environmental Health and Engineering at Johns Hopkins. And she gives this word of advice when it comes to interpreting early reports on Omicron. The body of evidence we have so far, which is very, very limited, um, suggests the potential that this may be um, more transmissible um, than uh, the uh, Delta variant. Um, We don't yet have any evidence of increased severity, but we could develop that evidence. And one of the concerns that so far a lot of the cases have been reported to be mild or asymptomatic, 
Um, but we also know that surveillance for this variant um, is very much biased, including there's a heavy weighting on travelers and travelers are typically young and healthy. So if the variant does find its way into older, more susceptible populations, our understanding of, of, of what it is could change. So I really have to stress that right now. And I think it's important to put into context all of the news reports. We are now hearing about cases throughout the United States. We're hearing about cases, and I think it was something like 36 countries today um, that are reporting cases. I think at this point, we should assume this variant is near everywhere. Now, you may have heard that South Africa has also seen major growth in cases. Dr. Nuzo said that's not entirely related to Omicron's discovery. We don't know for sure, but my guess is it's a combination of factors. Um, There seems to be clear growth in cases. Um, What is facilitating that, encouraging it, resulting in if it's purely the virus or is it a clustering of of vulnerabilities or um, just transmission factors is not known. Um, But I think there is reason to believe that um, this virus may have some some transmission advantage in in being able to result in more cases. more quickly. This is always a very hard thing to tease out in epidemiology. So always a kind of asterisk next to those statements. Um, But we also know that we are now looking harder for the virus. And this is one of the challenges is that once we hear about something, we go looking harder for it and we start finding it. And initially we go looking harder, looking harder in the places where we think it's most likely to occur, which is based on our observation on the initial cases and who they are and where they've been. And that may reinforce some of the bias in our surveillance. And it really isn't until we amass much larger data sets that encompass more types of cases that we begin to learn better how this virus is. I mean, we're still debating to some extent uh, whether the Delta variant is more severe. I think we now have more evidence that reduces our worries about that, but it's just to say that it's it's taken months to really sort that out. Some great level-headed insight there from one of the top docs at Johns Hopkins. So far, Omicron has been detected in 16 states, but of the random sequencing done on tests in South Carolina, it has not been detected here yet. Welcome to the wind down section, our little break from the news. We talk about life during the pandemic and want to hear your stories as well. Tell us what's new with you, how you're celebrating Honda Days, what you're doing as we wind down the year and you look back. I know, another year gone. Not as bad as 2020, but whew, not that great either. Let you're us really, know. Uh, you're really selling this here. I love this. Yeah. <laughs> Let us real know. <laughs> oh, and we got uh, we got some New Year's resolutions to start getting ready for. Now's the time to start doing them. You know, get a little jump on January so you don't go in so so cold, you know, get a couple weeks under your belt for that resolution. Let us know, 803-563-7169. I don't have any resolutions yet, AT, but they'll come. I'm sure they'll come to me. It's like a spirit animal. Like, you can't Mm -hmm, choose mm -hmm. your spirit animal or your resolution. It chooses you. Yeah, one day you're going to wake up in a cold sweat in the middle of the night, Mm -hmm. and you're going to be like, I need a better face face scrubbing routine. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. (laughs) It happens. Or, uh, it I, happens uh, to the best of us. <laughs> yeah. So let us yeah. know when that happens. So. I mean, you could call in right then. I mean, oh, 24-7. 24-7. Maybe that's a resolution. <laughs> Calling into the lead more. Huh? Mm-hmm. 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 I, saw, I saw someone this weekend who said she's taking a picture with you. I've mentioned her 
as someone who's talked to Caitlin in a story I've told. Mm -hmm. And so she's a longtime listener. And she said, I won't call her out by name because mm -hmm. I don't want to dox her. Mm -hmm. But she said she was going to call. And so mm -hmm. I said, oh, you better because I'm going to mention this interaction right here on the pod. Incredible. So, so there you go. Yeah. And speaking of, I mean, we're down to our, our last call in the hopper mm. right now. So, I mean, with it, we're throwing out, the, we're, we're putting out the call. Light, light the beacons, yeah. Gavin. Yes, yes. You know, the, you know the number, folks. You can recite it. Just, just pick up the phone and call 803-563-7169 mm. and just mm. bring us some joy. Tis the season to bring joy <laughs> and happiness. It's, it's the reason for the season to call us, really. Even more so during this December to remember. Yeah, I wish I could uh, play... Uh, royalty-free Sarah McLaughlin movie music <laughs> under all that. <laughs> I'm sure we can find some that's like a couple notes off, <laughs> which will be even more pathetic, and it'll be like really driving home the message. But someone has called, yeah, the last voicemail in the hopper, yes. The last voicemail, it's it's kind of long, so I saved it just for an episode like this where mm -hmm. we, we cut a section out here. So uh, strap into your boots, people. Or as Sam Jackson said in Jurassic Park, <laughs> hold on to your butts. Hi, this is uh, Jeff from Lexington, South Carolina, and I just wanted to say, well, it's Friday, the day after Thanksgiving, and I had just watched This Week in South Carolina and thought I would listen to the podcast. So I listened to the podcast, the Thanksgiving um, Jackson Family, I guess, special podcast for the first time. I've never listened to the South Carolina lead podcast, but what's amazing is that I could listen to it at all. I am completely deaf. Um, uh, two and a half years ago, I lost all of my hearing, and I spent a year and a half basically in silence. I obviously did not know sign language when I lost my hearing. I had no way of communicating with the outside world other than trying to read lips, which scientifically only 33% of lip reading can be translated or, you know, understood. It's very difficult. Um, or having to write things down and pass notes between people. It was an incredibly isolating time. And as a choreographer, I couldn't hear music. Just a very, very difficult time. But I was blessed a year ago to have cochlear implant surgery. And though people think, oh, yeah, you can hear, it's not quite that simple at all. Everything sounds completely different and manufactured and um, just, uh, I don't know how to explain it, but let me put it this way. It took me eight months to figure out the difference between the geese and ducks quacking on my pond and my dog barking because my brain has to relearn sounds and none of the sounds are familiar because nothing sounds like it used to. Nothing sounds like human um, sound anymore. It's all manufactured, but it's become my new normal. Okay, the point is, normally when I listen to a podcast, I have to get some type of transcription um, written out so I can follow along because, you know, I'm still figuring out the, the implant and still trying to catch words. I catch about 65% of a conversation when there are several people talking at once. One-on-one, um, -on -one, it's much better, but I was able to follow the podcast without a transcription, and I thought it was kind of cool. You know, I got something about green bean casserole. I know he likes green bean casserole. That's his favorite side dish. I couldn't catch who was the fastest runner. I didn't catch, or whether that was ever even established. I'm not sure. And the last question about um, the argument, 
I believe it's something to do with the Little Mermaid and Ariel and Ursula and the voice, losing the voice and can, you know, my point is <laughs> that I was able to listen and understand and what a blessing that is because, you know, life is hard. It's been very hard for everyone in South Carolina and throughout the world for the past year and a half and two years going on and, you know, whether people are in physical pain or emotional pain or the pain of the world around them or pain being inflicted on them. You know, it's hard to see the blessings. And it was a blessing for me tonight to listen to a podcast without having to read it and to actually kind of understand most of it. I may not have gotten the whole Ursula conversation, Little Mermaid thing. Can't figure out what the argument about that was. Anyway, it was a blessing and a victory. And hopefully, Everyone in South Carolina is experiencing some blessings and victories in their lives this evening and this holiday season. So thanks. Hey, Jeff, love to hear from a crossover listener. That's that's the beauty right there. That's how this works in media. And what a fascinating story that you shared with us. A year in silence. I mean, let's just wrap our heads around that because I can't I can't even imagine that. I love listening yeah, to music terrible. so much like that's. Yeah. That's so much, you know, way to get through that. Um, you know, what a journey you're on. I'm glad we can be a part of this in some small way and even happier that you could follow along to a Jackson family discussion. <laughs> that was, more, I was saying, one of the tamer ones, I'll say that. Yeah, but also, I, I remember I, while I was editing it, I texted Gavin. I go, I can't tell yeah, who is doing it. can't keep up, yeah. <laughs> and then you guys all listened to it as soon as it came out. Mm-hmm. And um None of you could tell who was talking I at mean, times, too. So for this to I be the episode that the, Jeff... Oh, yeah, the first come, in to, uh, first come yeah, into, yeah, first definitely... That, this is the one he comes in on, wild. and two, it's the one that he totally understands, like, hey, mm-hmm. you did better than me, bud. Yeah, <laughs> and I appreciate that, too, because, you know, I feel like I'm not, you know, I don't exactly enunciate all the time the best way, good stuff, but... <laughs> good, my good sir. <laughs> As some people can tell, and AT can tell you. But uh, yeah, that was really great for him to just jump into that. And I think we're going to do a Christmas version, a Jackson Family Christmas. So stay tuned for that one, folks. Would love it. Yeah, we I, might that, get, that sounds we get, fun. Might get Mama Jackson on that one, too, just so she can give a nice uh, third Referee, party view. if yeah. anything. Yeah. <laughs> Call BS. <laughs> uh, love that. Um, but yeah, thank you again, Jeff. What a blessing. And uh, a lot of us take things for granted, and I think, you know, my gosh, like I take my hearing for granted, take my sight, a lot of things for granted. So thank you for reminding us uh, about just how much we have and how much we should all be grateful for, uh, especially this time of the year when we kind of do that reflecting. So thank Even you again through for calling. two winners of uh, a pandemic, mm-hmm. like we still got a lot going for us, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Get a look at the positive. Also, we had another name situation. Remember yeah, we did, we, we did it again. <laughs> she commented on our Instagram. Her name is Kimmy. We heard Kenny. Kimmy. Maybe you heard we Kenny. We heard Kenny. Too. Anyway. I was going to say, if she told us she was K St. J, like, I know who that is from all the likes that she's been mm-hmm. giving me for years on Instagram. So, uh, shout out Kimmy. Shout out K St. J. You know, you're OG. Love it. Yeah. Sorry about that. Or just, you know, get a new nickname, get a little pod nickname. That's exciting. Okay. So, <laughs> I'm Kenny to my friends on the pod. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Uh, in the podcasting world, I'm Kenny. <laughs> I'm okay. known as Kenny. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Eunice. Uh, speaking speaking of arguments, Ga- mm. oh, you're Eunice. Speaking of arguments, Gavin, I I meant to bring this up with your brothers and I forgot, and you literally just reminded oh, me. Okay. J- Jeff's call reminded me of this. Is I wanted to let them know that your brothers that uh, you are on the record, at least for me personally. Now we're going officially on the record that you would like to be struck by lightning, and I wanted to know what they thought about that. 
Um, I don't know if I brought it up with them. Did I bring it up you with them? You didn't. No, I'm bringing it up now just to get it on the record because I know your your one brother listens, so I'd like to see what he has to say about it. So, Gavin, I explain yourself. Were, I don't think they were as shocked to hear that as like maybe you or some other people were. Well, explain it to the listeners. Gavin just, Jackson would I, not like entirely to be like a powder situation. If you've ever seen the movie Powder, but like or Michael with John Travolta, did he get struck by lightning? <laughs> I don't know. But he got power I, I, somehow. I, I think you're thinking of phenomena. Phenomena. Thank you, Michael. <laughs> he is an He's angel, an angel. <laughs> a surly angel. Phenomena. But phenomena. I don't know if he gets struck by lightning in that. But Gavin, you oh, no, saw phenomena, like a, and you you say I think he gets hit. That's by his, me. He gets that's what I want. By, he gets hit by a solar flare. I think. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so more Either reasons way. that we got to harden the grid, folks. That um, sounds good to you too. It's probably. just what I was saying is that it'd be it kind of like getting bitten by a shark. Even though I don't think I want that as much as like, you know, that'd be traumatic for, you know, the the ocean. You won't want to probably what, go back in the ocean after that. What about the allure of the lightning speaks to you? Just that, I mean, if you hear, I mean, if you got hit by lightning and survived, I mean, that's like an instant story. you just like, well, you know, that reminds me of the time I got hit by lightning. What? Yeah. Top line of your resume? Yeah. This guy. <laughs> of course, then I'll be like, oh, it's probably because the lightning strike, you know. <laughs> but again. He only got his job because he was struck by oh, lightning. <laughs> forever be like the uh the uh clip art with like the light bulb yeah but just you know a hit without any any long-term damage any you know any damage at all just be like whoo you know yeah i've heard this argument blow up because we've mentioned it a few times irl not on the pod and every single time you do say i want to get struck only if you can guarantee me no repercussions yeah right it's like being in a plane crash but guaranteeing that i'm gonna walk away from it so would you want to be the experience if you could guarantee a th- through and through would you like to be shot um sure <laughs> yeah <laughs> i love this flipping uh yeah totally i mean if guarantees i mean and i don't want like rehab either i want to be like walking You're just out through and through in and out yeah. set it and forget it sort of dock in the yeah. box okay <laughs> limited amount of pain you know have maybe having like some pain pills nearby and i'm like okay but you want you want that uh you want that bullet hole to show people yeah like 50 a year cent. later yeah. right yeah <laughs> no, he's got a few he's got a few he's got a few yeah i mean not to be you know not i don't want i don't endorse shooting people and i know and, and i'm not putting out a call there for people to come up and try and shoot me this or is like a, or tase you or something yeah. <laughs> I'd love for a fan to these are all taser you. Pretty uh, ridiculous situations that we're talking Roman, about. Roman, if you're here. listening, I want you to surprise Gavin <laughs> yeah. and tase him. Find me, just tase me. It'll be hysterical. I'll fall on the sidewalk. Yeah. I'll bust my face. It'll be so funny. <laughs> Please tase me, bro. You know? <laughs> yeah. Really turn it on his ear. <laughs> um, yeah, because I've almost been stabbed before. But yeah, it didn't didn't happen. So that didn't do it for you. You you said uh, I don't want you 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 I, weren't I you in weren't the there. face of danger. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And then you were like, where's that lightning, baby? Strike me down. No, I want some lightning. Yeah. I need to get my fix. Um, but no, yeah. I mean, just it'd be obviously traumatic, and I don't think I would want to necessarily put people through it. But yeah. If I could guarantee you, it, but there there are no guarantees like you that. Want so let's just not do yeah, it. You want the guarantee. <laughs> yeah, I mean, okay. it's so, not like it's it's not like this men's warehouse where you can guarantee that I'm gonna like the way I look. You're gonna like the way that you look. You know yeah, that's I get a guarantee. It. That's a guarantee. <laughs> you know that that's a guarantee. I get that. Yeah, I totally get that. But if just, anyone if anyone understands Gavin that he wants to be struck by lightning, call in. Let us know. Maybe you, you want to be struck. By maybe things. you've been struck and you've walked away. You know? Would you not Gavin want to be struck? By, you don't want to be struck by lightning. 
No, I don't think so. No, I don't think so at all. What about getting shot? Getting shot? No, I don't Hmm. think so at all. I don't need the story. I'm interesting. I'm an interesting guy. I'm not saying I need these for cruxes. You know, it's like friends are like, oh, they take up. (laughs) What? Horcruxes? Horcruxes, yeah. I I mean, (laughs) I'm fine the way I am, but it would be pretty pretty remarkable. I mean, you've never met someone that's been struck by lightning that you know of. I feel like it'd be like the first mm-hmm. thing they'd say, but... I mean, no kink shaming, you know? So I anyway, would just like people, to experience it, but... Yeah, you're about experience, very millennial of you, yeah, you know? I, I don't you. pay for the goods, I pay for the experiences. Yeah, something to... A real December to remember, you know? That kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. I get it. Okay, Gavin, say goodbye to everyone. Have a nice week, folks. All right, folks, well, have a good week. Uh, give us a call like Jeff did. Again, thanks for calling, Jeff. Wonderful story. Glad to have you as part of our lead lead nation out there. You can give us a call at 803-563-7169, or you can leave us a review on iTunes. You can do both, actually. We love those as well. You can stay up to date with the latest news on SCETV.org and SouthCarolinaPublicRadio.org. And don't forget to support your local newspapers. For the South Carolina lead, I'm Gavin Jackson. Be well, South Carolina. Actually, I think he's a Leo. Late late July birthday. I'm a Leo, so I can't be in a room with another one. You know what I mean? Yeah, if you guys understand what it's like to be a Leo, you'd understand what I'm talking about. Yeah. All right. Where are my Leos at? <laughs> <laughs> Eight or three, five, six, three, seven, seven, seven.